everyone, and welcome to the MM&M Podcast. I'm Steve Madden. I'm the Editor-in-Chief and General Manager of MM&M. And with me today is Jonathan Peichel, the Co-Founder for Strategy and Vision at Splice Agency. Jonathan, welcome. Yeah, thanks, Steve. So Jonathan, this is the second in a series of podcasts that MM&M is doing with Splice. In the first one, I spoke with your partners, Paul and Josh. Uh, talking about the changes that have uh, come about as a result of COVID. And uh, today, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about culture. Splice, for those of you who don't know, and you should, is a very cool agency. It's based in the Bay Area, just across from San Francisco. And a couple of years ago, MM&M spent some time with Splice to talk about why it was different out there. That was sort of the theme of it, that you know, operating a, a smallish agency in the Bay Area was different from operating a similar sized agency uh, if you were in sort of the, uh, the I-95 complex. And then COVID happened. <laughs> so uh, it became different everywhere. But how Splice has adapted to COVID has, uh, has struck me as really, uh, it's really interesting. One of the things that Paul talked about was the fact that he got sick of staring at screens. So he started going for walks. And as a result, he lost a ton of weight. Uh, and Josh uh, takes meetings and calls from um, ski lifts, which I think is pretty cool. That, this is all to say that that's part of the culture. And now everybody in the agency world talks about culture. We hear about it all the time. But today we're going to actually spend about half an hour talking about the culture at Splice, culture in general, culture at Splice in particular, with a guy who's got the word vision in his title. I can't think of anybody better than, um, than Jonathan to, to help me through this. So Jonathan, with that setup and the fact that everybody talks about this all the time, what we're talking about when we talk about culture is actually, it's a, it's a single coin, but the culture of an agency faces two ways. It faces its employees and it faces its clients as well. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And we knew that both sides were going to be important. And so often agencies really want to focus on um, you know, sort of what's going to be meaningful and, and differentiating to their clients. And that's kind of where you start when, you, when you're sort of building that or developing that vision for who you want to be, which we put a lot of energy into um, as we were starting to sort of build splice up and, and go out and really form a foundation of clients is, you know, we took the time to say, well, who are we? What are we going to be? And culture is where we landed. We knew we wanted to be a culture first business, but for an agency, you know, differentiating yourself in culture, you know, at first really it comes across only as the one side of the coin, as you put it, Steve, which is the people. And we knew we wanted to, to stand for the people and, and give people um, a place where they could come to work in the agency business that wasn't necessarily associated with a lot of the, the negatives that I think uh, people who have been in the business for a long time have experienced. But we didn't ignore the second side of the coin because we knew that it was going to be important to actually have clients so that we could um, hire people and pay them and, and be a successful agency. But rather than try to come up with something different or some other way of explaining the value of culture to our clients, we simply took the side of the coin we were projecting to people and we turned it to the other side to face the clients. And we said, look, by building a staff who, who feels rewarded and, and that they're growing and that they're respected by their peers, you're going to get great work because we've created an environment that is going to attract the best talent. Um, and people are going to essentially be part of a culture that's not only built on mutual respect um, and doing great work, but also in wanting to build relationships with their clients. So, you know, what are we talking about when we talk about culture? That's a great question. Um, I think it boils down to something pretty simple, which is putting together a lot of people who fit well together, people who can interrelate, who can form relationships, who actually care about one another. They certainly care about the work, but, but they also care about 
sort of what's important to that person when they're not at work or when they are at work, but it's in the back of their mind. And I, and I think, you know, even outside the agency business, being able to talk about your personal life and what's important to you, sometimes it's taboo that, that you really shouldn't do that in the workplace. Um, but we wanted to flip that on its head and say, look, what's, what's important to you personally, what matters to you, the priorities in your life actually should come to work. You know, I love the way my partner, Paul puts it. He's like, it shouldn't be about work-life balance. It should be about work-life integration. It doesn't have to be conflict. It should actually be harmony. It's a great way to put it. I mean, so we produce our agency 100 issue every year, right? And, you know, for, for two months, we, we spend most of our time reading profiles of, of different uh, healthcare marketing agencies. You know, I would say that three quarters of them say like, well, things are different here. We're different. Why? Okay. Why are you different? And I say, well, it's because of all culture. And I'll say like, okay, well, what about your culture? And they'll say, uh, well, you know, free candy. We bring in lunch every day. You can bring your dog to work. And it's like, that to me isn't culture. I mean, that's like, that's like all kinds of different places. Those, those to me are amenities. When you're talking about culture, you're talking about like, what's it like to work here, I think. And what's interesting to me is that this is, you, you say that culture is sort of like the first thing. You guys are a culture first agency. You're in charge of strategy and vision. How does culture affect impact and, and you know, presumably help uh, strategy and vision for an agency like Splice? Where it really helps is it, 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 it creates a group of people that sort of make up Splice. And I, I almost don't even want to call them the staff. I just want to call them like the community. Those are the people that are actually going to allow you to, to come up with the ideas, the, the unique directions. And I'm not just talking about creative concepts, like an ad concept. I mean, where should we go with the business? What types of clients should we pursue? What types of work should we do for those clients? And it's, it's that community that's really going to come up with the great ideas. It's, it can't all be one person. It can't just be me because I lead the strategy team or the brand strategist who works for me that comes up with the idea. It's that community. And we're so much stronger as a sort of a creative you know, idea generating machine than we are about sort of any one piece or part. And if the culture isn't strong, if, if people can't work harmoniously, be comfortable around each other, be willing to throw around ideas because that's essentially what the agency is all about, then, then you really can't maximize your potential and really achieve that vision. So just to kind of recap on that, it's A, being able to actually have a real vision and, and something that you can go out and, and find and pursue and then second is having the people who can actually execute on it and, and make it, bring it to reality and be committed to it. So that means there's a, a secret sauce in the hiring, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I think there is. I think there is. So it's one thing to be able to create culture by, you know, you've got shared values um, and presumably shared activities as well. You know, that's easier to do in, when you're working in person. Um, I remember being at Splice and being very struck by the fact that you guys had had a, a, a room, sort of a cyclorama room with a, a stage that had been sort of set for company meetings or just like a, as, a, as a great communal workspace. But people still had the opportunity to kind of go off on their own and concentrate. And also like we'll bring in a bunch of uh, tacos and pizzas and stuff like that so that there is that shared experience. That's way harder to do virtually. What, what have been the challenges of, of creating and maintaining a culture and growing a culture like the way we've been these, these past 13 months? What I can share with you are some of the things that we've tried because I don't know that, I don't know that we've necessarily found the secret. I, I wish I could tell you that. 
I wish I could tell everybody who's going to listen to the podcast that. For us, it's been about experimentation and flexibility. Um, you know, we've tried a lot of different things from probably the more expected where we do the Zoom events uh, and you have, you know, sort of an entertainment quality to the meeting. And it's amazing how successful those things can actually be. I, there's a cynical side of me that says that at the end of the day, when somebody has been on Zoom for, you know, eight or nine hours, all they want to do is get away from it. But surprisingly, um, people are hungry for personal interaction for, for sort of the entertainment quality of their, their you know, their coworkers being able to kind of relax, have a drink, sit there, laugh with each other a little bit. So, you know, that's, that's the easy one. That's sort of the low hanging fruit, if you will, because I feel like a lot of companies and agencies are doing that. But then it was like, what, what can we do for people in their work environments and, and sort of what they're going through every day as they sit in their kitchen or their living room or their home office, wherever they're working and try to make life a little better, a little bit easier. And that's where we've really tried to, to explore different things. One example that seems to have worked pretty well is that on, on Fridays, um, we kind of have a, you know, a no-fly zone after one o'clock where you're not supposed to be able to book meetings. And if you feel like you're in a really good place um, as far as your workload for the week goes, it's okay to just sign off early. Sort of like how people do summer Fridays a lot of times uh, in mm -hmm. some businesses. And it's interesting, we tried as an experiment to say like, is that, is that really gonna make a meaningful difference, number one? And number two, are we gonna lose money <laughs> by doing that? Because we're not, gonna, we're not gonna pay people any less. We're just gonna continue to try to do this. And what happened was people were so excited for that time uh, that they were actually just sort of loading up earlier in the week or, or you know, even saying, well, look, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna work a few extra hours in the morning on Friday so that I can take the rest of the day off. And what happened was we tried it essentially when we, when we went into lockdown on COVID through the end of the summer, and then we just kept it going. And we actually just kind of came up on the discussion again, should we renew this? And we did, and it's a, it's a small thing, but it's actually gone a long way. I think the other one is, is really one-on-ones, and it's not just a one-on-one -on -one with your, your manager, your supervisor, it's one-on-ones with, with your, your colleagues, with the people who you work with every day, and, and finding time to actually just sit down and talk. And that's made a big difference. We've also offered things like allowing people to, to take a little bit of extra time off. There have been times when we know people are burning out and we're trying to encourage them to use their vacation time. It's just, it's amazing how time can slip away from you as you're, as you're logging into the computer every day and sitting in the same place. Um, and you just sort of lose sight of like, well, I don't have personal time or I don't want to go on vacation now because I can't do anything interesting during COVID. Well, you still need to go out and recharge. So we, yeah. I think, if I needed, a, if I had to boil it down to one really important thing, Steve, it would be we ask people to focus on themselves and worry about their own personal situation as much as they're concerned about, you know, deliverables and getting the work done and, and really try to make sure that people were thinking about themselves and know that we care, kind of like we would if we were in person. But it's been, I think, all the more important as we've tried to survive this pandemic. I mean, this all sounds great. And uh, let me know if you're hiring. <laughs> um, but the, I seem like most agencies you are. Um, but I, I wonder, uh, you know, this, this all sounds great from kind of you know, from a worker's perspective. What about from the client's perspective? What do they think about this? And does this come up when you pitch? Yeah, great question. And that's that two-sided coin that I think is a, is a great yeah. way of looking at it. Um, it. So the culture always comes up when we pitch. And at, at first, when we started the business and we were trying to put together our, our kind of how we we're going to present ourselves, we didn't do it because we thought, well, that's really just going to be who we are internally and clients, you know, they might not get it or they might not care. And then we realized that if a client doesn't see it, they're not actually going to understand who we are. So it's important for us to talk about that so that they understand what they're signing up for. <laughs> and, and, and I think that it, it really is that if, if you're talking to a client, you present who your culture or what your culture is and what, what's important to you. 
if that's a turnoff, then they're probably not right for your business. They're not a good partner for you because they themselves really need to kind of be a part of that culture. And I think that's the interesting part that people miss is you, you almost want to draw this hard line between your internal staff and then the people who you work with as clients. And that's a, that's a key mistake because yeah. really those clients are part of your culture too. And, and so you have to find a way to integrate them. That doesn't mean you invite them to the kegger, but it does mean that as you're talking to them every day, sometimes spending more time talking to your clients than, than, than you might even your own team members, you have to find common ground and forge a relationship. So we consider our clients to actually be part of our culture. I have a bunch of clients that I would love to do a kegger with. In fact, <laughs> in fact I might have one on my back porch. I hope you guys can come. Um, I would love to. It seems that uh, cultures, whether whether they identify them or not, um, are based on principles or pillars. How do you how would you describe the principles um, that yeah. your that you, that Splice's culture is based on? How many are there, and and, and what are they? Yeah. I, so I have my own version of that. I, we we have our, our our company's values, which Paul and Josh talked about in their podcast. They're kind of the the, the fiber of, of who we are. But then I actually have a sort of an approach to culture. We have four principles really um, that face the clients when we think about our culture um, and how we talk about it. And then of course, helping them really kind of appreciate what it means to be a part of that culture. And, and so I can walk through those quickly. And, and you know, it's yeah. sort of like a four-legged stool. If you take one out, then the whole thing falls over. So the first one is really the, is really the formula and helping them understand like, why does culture, why does your culture matter to our business? And, and that's that formula that I think I touched on earlier, which is that when people are happy, when they feel satisfied, when they feel respected, they tend to do great work. Clients expect work to be fantastic. And in our highly competitive agency environment, it's all the more important to find any advantage you can to produce better work. So the, the formula really is great people, great work, satisfied clients, and it turns into a cycle. Because when those clients are happy, when they feel good about the people they're working with, it really does become kind of a, you know, a cyclical thing that turns into clients who stick around for a year, stick around for two years. And the next thing you know, they're a client who's been with you for basically since you started your business. The second one closely related is, is sort of that old adage that agencies are people and you work with people. You don't, you don't work with, um, the, you know, the sort of the, the letters on the door or the name you're working with, you know, the, the account person, you're working with the writer and, it's such an important thing that I think so many people will say, but they don't actually realize what it means. And so, you know, it's being able to actually build those relationships and make sure that we're bringing in the right people that, that sort of pass through, as you said, our, our, our kind of filter as we interview, finding our secret sauce um, and giving those people a reason to stay, to, to remain connected to those clients, to actually stay um, and feel loyal to Splice, but also kind of maintain those relationships so that those people that are so important to clients don't just walk out the door on a regular basis. We're, we're really proud of our retention as an agency. Um, and, and, you know, people have stuck around and the clients appreciate that. One of the things that, that you guys talked about when I was out there in before times was uh, you, you mentioned that um, culture was a way to help recruit people. And it was more important than it might be if you were in sort of the I-95 corridor because you were competing directly against for talent. Uh, the likes of Facebook, Google, uh, Salesforce, right? Like, you know, right in your own backyard, right? I, yeah. I guess because of uh, the ability to, and, and the acceptance of working remotely, it's a little less of an issue. But I wonder if the agency is people, how do you find the right people to fit into your lineup? It takes a lot of searching. Um, you need to talk to a lot of people. And certainly 
when we started the company, we, we had a, you know, we knew a lot of folks that we'd worked with in the past who we knew that, we, you know, eventually we would want to recruit. Um, but you also want to make new friends. So, you know, I think for us, there's, there's the word of mouth piece, but then there's also sort of taking the vision and, and projecting who we are and getting it out there into social media, um, driving awareness of our, our, of our business, of our agency. And, um, and it's interesting because it's, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think that recruiting has a lot to do with sort of success with clients. But it does because people who are going to go Absolutely. to an agency, yeah, they want to see that you're actually a successful business. And I think that even conversations with, with you, um, medical marketing media and sort of getting out there and actually having a voice and, and having a, being a part of this conversation makes a big difference. People come knocking on the door and they want to hear more. Um, and that gives us the opportunity to vet folks. You know, the other thing that I would mention is from the beginning, we knew that we wanted to actually create sort of an intake for young talent who <laughs> either wanted to get into the industry or didn't know they wanted to get into the industry. Um, so we have an internship program that, that's evolving and, you know, we're trying to grow it um, on a pretty regular basis. And we've actually successfully brought in, I want to say six or seven interns over the years. And they've gone from people who wanted to dip their toe in the water in the agency business all the way to frankly, some of our, some of our best people, um, we train them, we introduce them to the, to the industry. We put them in a, in a culture that we, again, feel really good about. Um, and they thrived. And, you know, I can think of a few people that have been with us basically since we started the company that knew nothing about medical advertising and have stuck around the whole time and, and have really grown in their career. And that's, that speaks volumes um, to, to, to culture, to the kind of place that you are. If, you know, someone uh, looks at you when they're 19 or 20 years old and thinks, I'd like to, I mean, I, I just need to have something on my resume or I'll explore this. And then they end up being part of the team. It says volumes. Anyway, I, I'm sorry. I, I forced you into a diversion. Um, That's okay. You were talking about what the, you mentioned that there were four key principles of legs to the stool about culture. And you mentioned formula and the fact that agencies are comprised of people. What's the third one? Yeah, the third one is that creativity defines us. Um, and we know that we're a creative agency and, and our ability to, to be creative and think creatively and bring great ideas to clients is expected. But I think that, you know, creativity becoming a part of everything we do, and that's not just the concepts, but it's the innovation, it's the ideas that becomes so important to clients. They, they want agency folks that are going to think with them, that are going to get them excited about solving problems, about actually collaborating with them, about, you know, coming up with ideas together. And, you know, that, that can take on a lot of different forms, depending on your role in the agency. Um, but, you know, when we're struggling with things like shrinking budgets and aggressive timelines, you know, restricted, you know, access to the sales reps, things like that, we, we need to be creative and our clients expect that. So we really have tried to foster a creative atmosphere across the agency. There's, there, there isn't some giant firewall um, between the creative department and the rest of the agency. It, it really is sort of threaded throughout the whole business. And we, and we want our clients to really understand and appreciate that about us. That's three. I think the fourth one is probably the most profound, um, and that's essentially perceiving through empathy. And empathy is is really important, uh, and it's something that we've talked about a lot as we as we started the agency, as we've grown it, as we've kind of reexamined ourselves to say, okay, you know, what's going to matter to us? What's going to make us different? And as as people are able to sort of think in an empathic way about the people around them, whether it's your your colleague who's sitting next to you and going through something really stressful in their life. Maybe they have a sick relative or, or, or their wife is about to have a baby, whatever the situation may be, that you can appreciate that and understand and, and that you can help them. That you're not just mad because they missed a meeting or they missed a deadline, that you actually stop and take a look and say, wait a minute, what's going on here? This isn't, this isn't normal. Or, or maybe there's a situation I need to be more aware of. And that's important for us internally, but 
taking that empathy through to essentially the way we operate across the board, trying to understand what our clients are going through. The fact is our, you know, the marketers we work with every day, the pharma companies, they don't exist simply to be on phone calls with the agency and to review our tactics. They have big jobs. Um, and in particular with the small to medium sized biopharma companies that we find ourselves working with often, they're wearing so many hats. So we need to appreciate what's going on in, in, in their world and try to help them through things. The last part of it that's so important is that we can have empathy for the physicians who are, who are dealing with um, all, the, all the crazy things that are coming at doctors and have been going on for a long time, like you know, managed markets and sort of pressures from managed care, growing patient loads, you know, fewer doctors actually practicing medicine, and all the different things that we know are presenting challenges, that we appreciate that when we're understanding how we're going to communicate with them. And then I think last but not least is really understand the experience of the patient, their loved ones, their families. When you can really get into somebody's head and try to walk in their shoes virtually, of course, um, that's what really kind of unlocks the ability to, to sort of communicate with passion, to, to actually, you know, sort of getting into the work, to leaning into it, and to really become a part of your client's business at its core. So just to recap, there are, uh, there are four key principles that, that compose your culture. Uh, formula, agencies are comprised of people. Creativity defines who you are uh, and perceived through empathy. The last one, as you said, is, is I, I agree with you. I think it's probably the, the most, uh, most important one. But how do you hire for empathy? How do, you, how do you identify it? Not everyone is aware of empathy. I think that it's something that you can, you can develop over time or you can have an experience with, with somebody you care about that, um, that, that will sort of shed light. It requires you to be conscious and, and sort of aware of the need for empathy. There are things you can ask in the interview setting that, that start to get to it. Um, in particular, sort of what drives someone? Why do they, why do they wanna be in a, in a healthcare business? What have their experiences been uh, with health and, and medicine and, and you know, illness and wellness, et cetera. But then I think, you know, it really, when it comes right down to it, it's something that we have to foster because not everyone's gonna have the same level and, and you can't force someone to think a certain way. But I think it's about helping people start to recognize what empathy means and how they can actually use it as a, to, to really facilitate um, their role and, and to, in a lot of ways, do a better job, but also have their life uh, be enhanced by kind of having a more empathic way of looking at the world. Right. Do you ever feel the need to, to let people know, like, it's okay to, to, to be empathetic, it's okay to not have everything be a, a, a measured metric, almost like giving them permission to do it? Yeah, I, sorry, I'm just trying to think through that one, Steve. Um, yeah, sure. No, I, I, yeah. I, I just kind of threw it at you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a good question. I when it comes down to it, I mean, the way I the way I think about it is it it's a way of feeling, right? And you you can't necessarily force someone to feel a certain way. But on the other hand, the way you perceive the world and the way you see things, and 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 sort of when you, especially when you're trying to get into somebody else's shoes, sometimes that gut instinct, that that emotion that that starts to kind of command the way you're seeing things can actually be more valuable sometimes than, than the hard data or the metrics that are sitting in front of you. It sometimes it even comes down to instinct and, and empathy can drive instinct. And I actually think that that's a really important relationship. And, you know, it really kind of brings it all back to culture that when you're thinking about who's around you, who surrounds you in the business and your work day and you're, you're concerned for them or, or you're thinking about what they're going through, it really creates, I think, a, a more personal dynamic. And, and, and even in sort of the situation of COVID where we're all sitting apart from one another, it's important to be thinking about what our colleagues are doing, what the people who we're talking to every day, what our clients are doing, how we can help them or sort of what they're going through. I just, I think that that gut, that feel um, really ultimately is what empathy is. Yeah, and I think that, uh, I think that 
that if there were people who were thinking like, you know, hey, work is work and home is home. And, you know, I, don't, I kind of, uh, I don't have time to, to worry about what a colleague is going through or something. If COVID has done nothing for the workplace, it's, it's shown us all that it's okay to, not only is it okay to do it, it's almost mission critical um, because there's just, we can't get through this alone. We've got to get through it together. Anyway, uh, this has been fascinating. I, you know, like, like I think I told you, I, I hear a lot of places say that like, we're all about the culture. Our culture is unique and everything else, but I've never, I've heard very few agencies able to articulate what their cultures are and, and most importantly, why they are that way uh, than, than the way you just have. Any parting words for any bits of advice, uh, pearls of wisdom, uh, about creating and, and maintaining a culture as the as a as an owner as a manager as a as someone who's taken responsibility for people for their livelihood i mean if you think about it these people have entrusted us with um helping them put food on the table helping put a roof over their head we take that really seriously it's not it, a lot of times people see it the other way around that well you're lucky that you have a job you're lucky that you work for me i quite frankly we look at it the opposite way and i think that when you can think that way you actually have taken the first step in putting culture first and the agency business where it's all about the people that will take you a really long way. It's great stuff. Jonathan, thank you. My, my guest has been Jonathan Peichel, co-founder of the splice agency. We, uh, this was the second in a series of podcasts we're doing with splice. I'm um, talking uh, about uh, what the secret sauce is there and believe you me, um, the culture there truly is different. Again, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time uh, and for your expertise. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Steve. I really enjoyed talking to you. You've been listening to the MMM podcast uh, with Steve Madden, editor in chief of MMM. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.